Sometimes I'm right And I can be wrong My whole beliefs are in my song The butcher, the banker, the drummer And that makes no difference for the group I Life is short. Enjoy it. Got our ups and downs and everything else, but just enjoy every single day that you can. And we're never going to be able to go back to those times, um, those high school days. But that still doesn't mean that we can't have a really, really good life, take better care of ourselves and um, be good to each other. key host of a series of alumni visits from our class of 1970 our first guest appropriately so is senior class president john carvana i invite you to pull up a chair and enjoy our conversation thank you for the listen john let's cut straight to the important stuff how's your tennis game these days you know, that's probably one of the good things that are, that's, uh, that's coming around so far. It, it, it's good. Um, you know, last year I set some goals for myself to, uh, get in better shape and, uh, work on some aspects of my game that I knew needed some help. Uh, so that was my goal for 2020. So this year, my goal is to play competitive tennis, which means playing more tournaments and, and what have you and continue learning. And 2022 is when I'm really hoping to pull all things together. So it, it's really coming along well. I, I don't remember the last time I felt this healthy and this good, uh, since, gosh, since high school, maybe. Well, that's good to hear. And I'm glad uh, the, your game plan is uh, set and we all wish you well. John, I want to thank you for agreeing to sit down and share with us life since Woodbridge High. Allow me to briefly share with our classmates the road that you've traveled since graduation. You obtained a master's degree in education and specializing in guidance and counseling from Trenton State in 1978. A few of the roles that you played in management and administration in the corporate world involved Seton Hall, Emory, Corning, Loyola Marymount, and Drexel University, just to name a few. You are a certified emotional and social intelligent instructor. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind on that one, John, is that comes in handy, I'm sure, as an administrator in your Facebook page for uh, our Woodbridge High class. <laughs> but most importantly, though, all kidding aside, is your longtime marriage to Joanne and your two children, John Patrick II and Jenna Kathleen. And let's not forget the best yet, Sophia, your cherished granddaughter. 
Absolutely. Isn't that cool? Yeah, very cool. You're making my life sound like um, more interesting than it actually was. You know, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. It, I would have to say that's something proud to look back on, whether I'm reciting uh, your resume or somebody else's. We just briefly touched on the tennis aspect, but you're a member of what is the Certified United States Tennis Association and also an intercollegiate tennis association official what is the official role that you play to kind of illustrate it uh, if you watch tennis match on television you'll see someone sitting in the chair that uh the umpire the, the players will scream at every now and then for maybe <laughs> that's that's my role at the collegiate level uh and i have done some pro events as well also if you look at uh, the television screen you'll see lines people who are calling these lines and what have you i've done that as well i started out as a tennis official in 1986 and have been doing that off and on uh, up till recently and um, thoroughly enjoy it. Developed a strong, strong passion for tennis as a lifelong sport, as a key to fitness and health and happiness. Because I, I, I tell my wife, you know, if I didn't play tennis, you would certainly find my picture in the post office somewhere. You know, have you seen this guy? So, Or um, be on the 11 o'clock news. Absolutely. No question about it. it. It really does help me to stay sane and enjoy life uh, to the fullest. John, let's talk about Woodbridge High. Yeah. 19, 1970. Ooh. Tell me, what do you take a great deal of pride in that experience? I do. I really, for a lot of reasons. I think that, you know, people talk about, you know, high school as being the best years of their life. And, and I'm a testament to that. I, I really firmly believe that those were um, some of the best times, you know, 1967 to 1970 were just some incredible times. I met some really great people that I, I still stay in touch with, thanks to technology. And also, you know, uh, the roles that I played in high school in terms of sports, played basketball, uh, didn't play football, tried track, but that didn't resonate with me as well. But I did get introduced to tennis uh, during those times, but I didn't uh, play on the team. And also to have been the second person of color to have been elected president of the senior class uh, was something that I took very seriously and still take it seriously. And, and so I, I try to keep that leadership role in mind when I'm uh, having conversations with, with my classmates and so forth, because I, I really considered it a, a tremendous honor that they gave me. And I, I never wanted to, um, I never wanted to dishonor their confidence in me it was, uh, it was great. One, one other thing that I do want to mention that I was really excited about. Uh, I was a member of the Wood Tones. Uh, with Mrs. Mazakia and who was a wonderful, wonderful woman. I was too young to totally appreciate how absolutely wonderful and beautiful she was. But that, that was just great music, great camaraderie, uh, uh with, with folks like Stan Oliva and, uh, and, and some other people. It, it was, it was really great. So long answer to a short question. High school years were, were really good. Um, for the most part, they were really great. I think back of your experience or what I saw was that you took the whole experience in together as much as you could with the balance of not only the academics, but the sporting and the social aspect and so forth. And was that in part because you were student president? Did you feel a, a need to be as visible as uh, you were? We had admired that, obviously. And to this day, you still have the admiration and the respect that you had in, in 1967 to 70. 
it, it wasn't anything rich that I that I went after um, for uh, self promotion or anything like that. I just had a sense that those high school years were um, going to be some treasured opportunities. And um, I, I always liked sports, uh, so I, I wanted to stay engaged with that. I like to learn. I like sitting in the classroom and, and really trying to understand things like algebra and physics. And I liked history. We had some really, really great teachers. Academic side of high school was fun. The social uh, side was really interesting in that I it, it was also a, a time of great um, oh, great concern within the nation in terms of dealing with people of color and, and the whole civil rights issue that, that came forward and uh, the issue of long hair. Uh, our class, for example, was the first class that had their prom outside of the gymnasium. Uh, our class was the first class that had uh, that allowed women to wear pants. Uh, guys could wear their, their, their shirts t- uh, outside their pants. They didn't have to be tucked in. So I recognized that we were in the midst of a great deal of transformation. And it was something that, um, I just said, you know, I'm going to get on this thing and I'm going to ride it. I'm going to enjoy it and, and really see what happens. And, um, so that's what happened. And, uh, like I said, I have nothing but, but good memories about it. Well, John, you had taken that challenge. And during that period of time, as you just discussed and described, and you handled it very well, and I think all of us were all on the same page, it was a turning point in our society. And uh, I'm pretty proud to be part of that those years as well. I think we all pulled together in the same direction, and we were all colorblind when it came to Woodbridge High School. Well, there, there were, I would say we were completely colorblind because there were certainly some incidents that, that did happen. In, in some respects, you know, they, they were painful incidents, but they allowed me to be the person that I am today. They allowed me to, to really try and understand the other person and where they're coming from because I was not going to allow myself to be less of a person. I wasn't going to allow myself to be the victim of someone's perception of me. I wasn't going to allow someone to stereotype me into something that I wasn't. In that sense, it, it made me a lot stronger. Um, but again, I want to really emphasize that overall, the experience at Woodbridge High School was a really good, good, good experience. So that's not a complaint. I think, you know, in order to grow, uh, there has to be some degree of pain and discomfort. And um I, I had my share, and I'm sure a lot of people had their share as well. And and it helped me to become the person that I am today, all these years later. And that's why, once again, we are fortunate that you took the lead for us and uh, represented our class and our student body. Thank you. We touched briefly on, on one instructor that uh, influenced you. Is there anybody else that comes to mind as far as an instructor along the way that has influenced you? There were two, Paul Dubrow, who was a Spanish teacher, and Richter. I believe his name is Stuart Richter, Dubrow and Richter. I thought they were like the coolest teachers on the block. Um, You know, these were guys that for some reason I could really talk to and really engage with them um, and without feeling as if I was being judged. Uh, Stuart Richter, I think I'm pretty sure that was his name. Uh, Dubrow taught Spanish and he also uh, played bass. So we, we had that in common. And, uh, Richter, Professor Richter was just a really cool, smart guy. 
And we would have conversations, you know, after school, after even class that really helped in terms of moving from point A to point B. He really understood or really made an attempt to try and understand, despite the differences that he and I had, he made a a point to really try and understand where I was coming from and also to be vulnerable and transparent himself. And uh, that really was was helping me to grow. I, I do want to go back and, and once again uh, reference Mrs. Masakia, who was so inspiring for me, for me in terms of my musical career. She wanted to push me in a direction that to me was, uh, I was so unheard of and, and I, I wasn't sure. And every, so I backed out and it was probably one of the biggest mistakes I ever made, but um, she had confidence in me. And uh, I feel in some respects that I kind of let her down, but she did inspire me musically to be able to want to step up, step forward and display some God-given talent that I might have. So I would say it was really uh, those three individuals, Dubrow, Masakia, and Richter, that were just outstanding contributors to, to my Woodbridge High School experience. How about fellow classmates? Anybody in particular make an impact that you learned from? <laughs> yeah, there were uh, for different reasons. I thought Stan Oliva was, was one of the funniest people I ever met and Eddie Mitchell. Uh, the, the three of us would get together in class and, uh, even from, from junior high, uh, and, and just, we were in hysterics. We got in more trouble together. It was a lot of fun. The one, uh, I think that, that really, that I will always cherish, uh, was Larry Senegi, a name that probably a lot of people don't know, but he and I became friends also in junior high. And in high school, Larry taught me how to drive a stick shift. Uh, he borrowed his sister's uh, Corvette and took me out on Route 1, taught me how to drive a stick shift. I was like, whoa. I stalled at the at the light, and he laughed like crazy. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm fluttering with this clutch and everything else, and he's just he's hysterical. <laughs> And I, I, I'll never forgive him for that. And he always, he also, uh, Larry was, was also musically inclined and he introduced me to Janis Joplin. He let me borrow a uh, big brother in the holding company. I, I must have worn the grooves uh, off of that, that, uh, that album. Uh, it, it was absolutely in, in, incredible, incredible. Uh, I introduced Larry to a good friend of mine. She was like a little sister, uh, Stephanie Chulock. Oh, we know how that ended. Yes, we do. Yes, we or, do. I shouldn't and say it ended, but how it evolved. How, how it's still evolving. Yes, uh, and we. I still stay in touch with them. They're in Texas now, in Hockley, Texas. They uh, have, a, a, among other things, a ranch. And Larry is a, a very distinguished engineer. Um, has a couple patents. Uh, like uh, just a really bright guy. About. Ooh, I want to say about five or six years ago, uh, they were in California. We met and uh, Joanne, myself, Stephanie and Larry had dinner together. And I had to remind Larry that he was one of the nine original guitar players of the Citations. Uh, we had one drummer, one singer and nine guitar players. And he was he was one of them. And so it was it was a pleasant evening. So on that basis, Larry, Stephanie. Ed and, and Stan were just, you know, uh, some of the guys that, uh, some of the classmates that really made it special, really made uh, that whole experience really special. How very cool. And also, John, you've given me an excellent idea of future guests that we can get on, on this profile series of classmates. It would be Stephanie and Larry. That would be terrific to catch up with them. 
Yeah, she's got uh, quite a uh, pigs and horses and and chickens and what have you. It, it's just amazing when you think, okay, we're talking about he was from Woodbridge, she was from Fords, and now they're in Texas on this ranch kind of thing. And it's it's just amazing, just amazing. But they're they're just uh, some really wonderful people, wonderful I, people. I look, at, I think of the two of them, and I don't see Larry in a band, and I don't see Stephanie uh, eventually having farm animals to tend to. It's, I didn't it's, it's crazy, and it's great, <laughs> and it, I'm happy to hear it for them. And yeah. they're probably the happiest couple going. Thank God. They are. You know, it was interesting because as we were going our separate ways uh, and after having dinner and everything, have a wonderful dinner, I turned around, I looked at them, and they were walking away holding hands. Oh. And I said, you know, that was incredible. That was incredible. If, if, if there's one thing I can feel really good about having accomplished in some way or played a minor role in some way, their relationship would be in the top two of the things that I'm most proud of. When you revisit the Garden State, what are some of your priorities besides seeing family and friends? Food. Good Mm. Jersey food. Just that simple. You can go anywhere you want, but there's only one place to go if you want a buttered roll. Come on now. (laughs) That that is the place. You that pork a pork roll sandwich. Uh, Amazing. You can't find that. There's, There's no place to find that except New Jersey. You can go anywhere you want and you can find pizza. Okay. But you can't, you have to buy the whole dog on pizza. <laughs> Only Jersey will they give you a slice. You don't want a whole pizza. You just want a slice and you want really good, good, good food. Jersey is the place. Jersey is the, the place. They don't even have sauerkraut out here. They have hot dogs, no sauerkraut. It, it's just amazing. So, <laughs> and, and it's, and it's so, the neighborhoods are so diverse that you walk into and you don't have to get an invitation. You don't wait for an invitation. Jersey will always be home where family or friends love to have you stop in and see them and, and they entertain you at the kitchen table. And Absolutely. it could be a Hungarian neighborhood uh, or Polish, mm-hmm. which you can count on having pierogies or stuffed yes. cabbage, or it doesn't yes. matter. It, you are going home to, as you said, uh, an amazing assortment of food. Yeah, we, we didn't spend time. I mean, I've been to people's houses in, in Jersey, and I never knew they had a living room. I knew they had a kitchen. I knew they had a wonderful kitchen and probably a bathroom. But it, everything happened in the kitchen. That's where you sat down, you talked, you had good time, you had really good food, and then you went on your way and so forth with a belly full and moving on. But, uh, yeah, like I said, you cannot find the kind of good food anywhere except New Jersey. Let me just mention, though, uh, in closing on that food, you mentioned Taylor Pork Roll. That doesn't go with your uh, game plan on the tennis scene there. Uh, Mr. Carvana. <laughs> you know, that's probably one of the reasons I, I've gotten a little healthier. But, you know, there comes a time when you reach a certain age and you got to make a choice. <laughs> Either I'm going to be healthy or I'm going to be happy. <laughs> one of the two. So if I can, I'm not there yet because I'm really still focusing on the healthy side. But when I get to that point, God willing, I get to that point where I am just saying the heck with it. Then I'm going to order White Castle hamburgers. 
I'm going to order all kinds of Taylor, Taylor pork roll sandwiches. I'm going to import from friends. Send me this, send me this, send me this. And that, that's, I'm going to die a happy man. <laughs> I should, I should share with the classmates that don't, are, are not aware. John calls Stockton, California home, correct? No. I, Stock, I live in Stockton, California. I will always be a Jersey boy. Always. <laughs> I'm so always. glad you corrected me because I agree always. with you completely. And yes. people say, you know, well, where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. Oh <laughs> man, you're far away from home. No, I'm not. I still got it in me. You know, I still have Jersey in me. I will always consider myself to be a Jersey boy. Yeah. Always. So you and I share the same state. And like Stockton, I'm not able to get Taylor Pork Roll or White Castle and several others or Drake's for that Mm. matter. So Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of reasons to get back home. But in the large part, it's just getting back home and it's almost food for your soul to be back in the neighborhood, walk the streets, uh, drive down the different um, uh, homes or buildings. And you just need that back into your system for some reason. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I'm going to, I'm going to throw you off a little bit here uh, on a question maybe, but in the public sector, John, who impresses you today in the public sector? Well, it's, um, it make it could be an entertainer, it could be a politician, it could be a religious leader, it can be whoever you want. But who do you find yourself being impressed by? It wouldn't be a politician, unfortunately, and I and I say that with a really heavy heart because I I think that the political direction we're moving as a nation is scary. I'm not talking about anti-democrat. I'm not talking about anti-republican. I think as a whole. We are headed down a very gloomy, dark path. So let's put that one aside. Entertainers, I can't think of anyone in particular that that really does stand out in my head. I do think that there's an author, Eckhart Tolle, who really, I've been reading his book once every year. I just read it from cover to cover. It's called A New Earth. And he really talks about uh, how we are evolving into moving away from what we were intended to be from the very beginning. That we're born with, um, I'm going to paraphrase this, but we're born with with, a, with good intentions, good heart. We're, we are social animals and we, we understand the idea of being a part of a community. But as time goes on, we become more competitive and combative with each other. We've gotten away from being present, moving away from the present moment. And his thinking is that we are really on a slow path towards self-destruction uh, unless we go back to our basics. And he really gives us a, a good roadmap into how to do that. And, you know, it, it sounds very new age and kind of spacey and, and everything else like that. But but I, I really do believe that the issues that we're facing today have nothing to do with race. Um, they have in America, they have to do with more of the economics. But uh, the issues that we're facing today, not only here in the United States, but as, a, as, as part of humanity, are are getting dangerous, getting more and more dangerous each time. And we're, we're, we're becoming our own worst enemy. So. That sounds very gloomy and what have you, but when I read his book, I get actually get encouraged because I know that while I can't change the world, I can impact 
that little small corner of my world, that little tiny influence that I might have over that small circle of mine, I can show them that there's a better way. I'm not perfect. I am not near perfect, but I also learn uh, from my small circle. So again, I, I find his his stuff to be inspiring and in, in, and uh, uh, encouraging, and something that I I really try and hold on to uh, very often, very often. Thank you for sharing that with us, and I'll include a link to an Amazon uh, on mm-hmm. the book for in our, in our notes. What challenges you these days? Besides um, sore, sore knees and, um, <laughs> and, 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 a, and a hip or two that's not cooperative. Oh yeah. That, that's, that's all the, all of those. I think what challenges me is, um, is to just staying on, staying focused, you know, staying on the right path. And because it, it's real, real easy to, to stray, you know, and, um, you've got to accept your humanness. To, to a large extent and understand that, you know, you're going to make mistakes here and there, but just as you make a mistake, you can get right back on your path. So I try each day to be better than I was yesterday, whether I'm playing tennis or whether I'm interacting with my wife or whether I'm interacting with, with someone else or anyone. I try to be better today than I was yesterday. It, it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> Matter of fact, today, Interestingly enough, I had a, I was playing tennis against someone and I had a really, really contentious argument with this person over some line calls and uh, it, it didn't work out well for either one of us. But, you know, I just got to forgive myself, forgive him and move on and try not to hold on to, uh, to all that toxic stuff. And if I, if I can just go back for a second, you know, 2020, I think was a year where, uh, there were a lot of lessons for us to learn. Uh, it showed us some of the areas where we are strong and it showed us some of the areas, many areas where we really need to improve. So that to me is, is, is a continuation. It's on a daily basis of just trying to be a better person today than I was yesterday. Here's an off the wall question. Okay. If you had a pet parrot, what would you teach it to say? Um, <laughs> and, oh, and, and, and remove, remove your, uh, your thoughts of your encounter this afternoon yeah, on, on the tennis absolutely. court. Absolutely. I would, if I, that's a really good question. I like that question. So I, if I had a pet parrot, I would teach him to say, or it to say, really? <laughs> Just like that. Really? You really want to do that? Really? Now, John, John, I was expecting go Barons, you know, just, well, just really I, let us all down. You know, I, I think it's time to bring in Ed Healy. It's a, there you you're go. In, there you're you impeached, go. and now we've got Ed to deal with. <laughs> That's a scary thought right there, my friend. <laughs> I'm so glad that Ed has uh, been visible on Facebook because I there's not many people that is quick witted as that guy is. I, I'm just he, amazed. He's remarkable. Uh, I have developed a lot of, uh, new acquaintances with some old friends and Ed has really impressed me, uh, as of late as, as well as several other people, other classmates. But Ed, Ed is, is really, he's a very sharp guy. He's very a really, I, I've, I've read some of the, uh, exchanges that he's had with other people and I have to laugh because he just, Absolutely shoots him down. 
you know. <laughs> and he does and, it with a smile. And, and, and yes, yes, he does, does it while he's laughing. It, it's just, it's just really, really comical. So yeah, you know, in 2020 hindsight, maybe I would have said, where's Ed? You know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, and teach the parrot to say, where's Ed? Yeah. If you had a talk show, who would be your first three guests? My first three guests of anybody on the planet. I would probably have Gary Morton. I would have, uh, as the third guest, uh, Kevin Short would be one of my guests. And I would probably have to, to kind of balance everything out. Cindy Hathaway Prokop as my three top guests. Yeah. I probably would need four guests because I would really like to bring Ed into that mix as well. So yeah, those would be my, my, uh, crew. That would be the ones I'd like to, so to you're really go play. with Morton, Hathaway, mm-hmm. Short, mm-hmm. and Healy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Outstanding. Yeah. Good people. Good people. You're home alone, John, and you yeah. decide to listen to your favorite music. Okay. Which vinyl LP? Do you place on that turntable? Live at the Fillmore East, the Almond Brothers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when that one finished playing, Band of Gypsies, Jimi Hendrix, Billy Cox, and Buddy Miles. Two top albums. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my. John, what do you have written down in pencil for the future? Um, the only thing <laughs> I've got written down is my schedule, when to play, uh, what I'm doing, you know, the next day. It's not just when to play tennis, but I'm looking at my calendar now and I have to kind of spell out everything that I'm doing, uh, for the week or actually for the month. So it's, it's just kind of keeping organized as, as best I can, knowing that it's all subject to change. So that's it. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with your classmates? Yeah. I, I would, I would just like to remind everybody, look, you know, life is short. Enjoy it. We've got our ups and downs and everything else, but just enjoy every single day that you can. And we're never going to be able to go back to those times, um, those high school days, but that still doesn't mean that we can't have a really, really good life, take better care of ourselves and, um, be good to each other, not just to your classmates, but just be good to everybody in, in your, that you come in contact with. Just try and be good to them and, and be good to yourself. Don't let anybody walk over you either or will kick their butts or something. Who knows? That's Jersey style. That's Jersey style. That's right. It's been a pleasure, John, to sit down with you. And I thank you. Rich, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you very much. Stay well, my friend. You do the same. 